Salam Salam from Greenway Parks. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 28th of April, 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. Last week, we told you about the Ethiopians that gathered outside the Russian embassy to fight on behalf of Russia in Ukraine. Some of these people said that they wanted to fight for Russia because they love Russia and that they'll get better opportunities there. Last week, the embassy said that it will abide by international law so it will not recruit soldiers from other countries. The Ethiopian government got involved and tried to investigate why people lined up at the Russian embassy in the first place. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs said that Russia was not recruiting Ethiopians for the war and appreciated the Russian embassy's decision not allowing Ethiopians to join its military. The government communication service revealed on Saturday the 23rd that the World Food Programme WFP, alongside other partner organizations, has sent 72 trucks containing aid from Afar's capital, Samera, to the Tigray region. The trucks reached Tigray's capital, Mekele, on Monday the 25th. This was the third round of donations after the ceasefire. The government said that it will continue working with the WFP and other humanitarian organizations. The authorities also asked the international community to put pressure on the Tigray People's Liberation Front, TPLF, and get its forces to withdraw from the area in the Afar and Hamara regions so that help can pass through safely. The WFP is not alone in helping Ethiopia. The United States Agency for International Development, best known as USAID, said it will donate 313 million U.S. dollars to people in and around Tigray that were affected by the war. But all of these donations are like a drop of water in an ocean, according to the executive director of WFP, David Beasley. He urged both the TPLF and the government to open up the roads to Tigray and ensure the safety of aid convoys. Speaking of international organizations that are trying to help, the executive director of UNICEF, Catherine Russell, was in Addis and met with President Saleh Work Zudeh. The executive director came to Ethiopia to take a look at the children who are in need in areas that have been affected by natural and man-made disasters. The National Security Council assembled on Friday the 22nd and discussed peace and stability. The council also released a statement via the Prime Minister's office saying that any person or group that threatens the peace and national integrity of Ethiopia will be dealt with in accordance with the law. The Council also said that peace and security institutions are in better shape and can repel an attack at any given time. The Council also talked about illegal trading activities and concluded by saying that the necessary legal actions will be taken against illegal traders. Another council was in the news too, but for a completely different reason. The Ethiopian Civil Organization Council wrote a letter to U.S. President Joe Biden opposing the draft laws 
H.R. 6600 and S-3199. These laws would sanction the Ethiopian government in order to force it to sit down, negotiate with the TPLF, and end the war in the north on peaceful terms. The council said that these draft laws will affect the peace-building process and the flow of much-needed humanitarian aid. The council also said that the laws limit national dialogue and NGO operations. The spokesman for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Ambassador Dina Mufti, was asked if Eritreans were prohibited from leaving Ethiopia. This question comes after news that some Eritreans were not allowed to leave the country with valid passports and visas. Ambassador Dina said that Eritreans were authorized to leave, but that these Eritreans in particular were not allowed to exit the country because they did not fulfill the legal requirements. Moving on to some news on education. The Ministry of Education revealed the university placement of students who had taken the national exam back in late 2021. The ministry also said that universities will prepare and issue a schedule by Monday the 2nd of May. If you've taken the national exam and would like to see your placement or file a complaint, you can use the links in the show notes. On that note about the national exam, remember we told you that students from the Amara region who were affected by the war in Tigray were allowed to retake the exam? Well, this week, the Oromia Education Bureau also said that some students from the region will be allowed to sit for the exam again. However, only the ones that were affected by harsh conditions, like the war and the drought, will be allowed. Around 3,000 students will have permission to sit for the exam one more time. Still on the topic of education, the Addis Ababa Education and Training Quality Inspection Authority had a meeting with the principals of the private schools of the capital. They reached an agreement which prohibits schools that increase tuition fees this academic year from driving up their prices again in the next academic year. Schools that haven't increased their fees for the past two or three years will be allowed to amp up, but will have to submit a proposal and reach an agreement with the students' parents. Last week, we told you about the inflation rate in Ethiopia. Well, on Friday the 22nd, Business Insider Africa released a list of the most expensive places to live in Africa. Because of the uncontrollable inflation rates, Ethiopia made the cut, becoming the third most expensive country in Africa. The inflation rate has climbed to almost 35% now. You can check out the list of the countries in Africa with the highest inflation rates with the link in the show notes. Why is inflation getting so out of control? Well, some think it's because of the war up north, while others blame the government's policy of pumping money into the economy. Either way, the public is not having it, and the inflation issue needs to be fixed soon. Last week, we told you that some members of the Balderas party were released from prison. Well, on Wednesday the 20th, the party ran into more trouble when its president, Eskander Nega, and other members were arrested. The party went there to recruit new members and collect signatures for a petition for a national campaign. But the city's security bureau official, who's a member of the Prosperity Party, had the police arrest them in Arba Min. 
However, it was later decided that there was no reason to detain them and they were released the following day, on the 21st. Speaking of Arba Minch, this is a very popular tourist destination in the southern region. It has an amazing landscape with parks, forests, and springs. Arba Minch literally translates to 40 springs, but the scenery isn't the only reason why many people love Arba Minch. There's a crocodile ranch with almost 3,000 crocodiles, and at least 250 people visit the ranch every day. Although there are thousands of crocodiles now, the reason the ranch was opened 38 years ago was because the crocodiles were in danger of extinction. But now, the ranch has even started to export crocodile skins for hundreds of dollars to China, Germany, and others. Arba Minch is around 450 kilometers away from Addis, and you can take a plane or a bus to visit this wonderful place. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Do you like our updates? Tell your friends. You don't? Tell us how we can get better. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at podcast at Ciao.